Welcome back to the World Cafe. I'm Raina Duris, joined by John Morrison. John Morrison is a podcast host and the host of Culture Cipher Radio on WXPN in Philadelphia, where we make World Cafe. Every month, he joins me for the Culture Corner and connects the dots for us across different genres of music. But all this month, all February, every single week for Black History Month, John is taking us on an exploration of the last 50 years of R&B music. Last week, we were in the 80s. This week, we are into the 90s. Hey, John, how's it going? I'm good, Raina. How are you? Doing great. Last week when we talked about the 80s, you said that a lot of artists began to mix R&B with hip-hop. How did those genres continue to work together in the 90s? Yeah, in a way, to me, the 90s are very much defined by hip-hop and R&B's relationship, right? Uh, Just about every R&B song that came out, during the time it was released as a single would have like a harder kind of like hip hop remix or like a street version for mixtapes or DJs. Uh, and there was a whole generation of artists that emerged in the nineties who were very comfortable singing over hip hop beats. You know, uh, the, the sound had changed. There was uh, a lot more sampling, you know, interplaying with uh, R and B. So people are digging into the 60s and 70s and creating new compositions for folks to sing over in the 90s. It was very much a a hip hop and R&B party together in in the 90s. So who were some of the artists who were involved in that party and who were popularizing that sound? Yeah, well, you know, we talked about it last week uh, and how Teddy Riley really got the ball rolling with New Jack Swing in the 80s. Uh, but by the 90s, you know, you had acts like Bobby Brown, you know, Tony, 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 uh, Boys to Men, all these groups, SWV, all these groups that uh, were very comfortable fusing hip hop and R&B in a very organic way. Um, you've brought us a song from Mary J. Blige called You Remind Me. Talk about how this song came out of that world that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you Remind Me, one, is is one of my favorite Mary J. Blige songs, but she, she got a lot of songs that I absolutely adore. Um, but Mary is really an artist that uh, exemplified the sound of, of hip hop and R&B uh, meeting. She took what a lot of the DJs were doing uh, on mixtapes and translated it into the studio. And you can hear it, you know, you remind me is a beautiful love song, but it also, uh, rhythmically and like texturally very much uh, is like a, a, a tip of the hat to hip hop as well. Here is Mary J. Blige, You Remind Me.
remind me from Mary J. Blige on World Cafe. I'm Raina Duras. Joining me is World Cafe correspondent John Morrison. We're talking about the 90s in R&B as we look back at decades of R&B history for Black History Month. In addition to the big solo acts that you mentioned, John, R&B in the 90s was uh, defined by groups, too. So who were some of the most prominent groups of that era? Why were groups such a big thing at the time? Yeah, you know, there are uh, a few groups like uh, earlier, I mentioned Boys to Men, Tony, 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 uh, SWV, Jeanne, you know, En Vogue was absolutely huge during this era, Destiny's Child later in the decade, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. Uh, but I think that groups were and are important in R&B for a few reasons. One, uh, vocal groups are a tradition in black music, you know, whether we're talking about from the doo-wop era, you know, Motown, the girl groups of the 60s, that sort of thing. And, you know, I, I think that this uh, dynamic where you have multiple vocalists singing together, they're like blending harmonies and, and that sort of thing, it's, it's like a key defining characteristic of black music. Uh, one group that was huge in the 90s and a band or a group that I was a huge, huge fan of is TLC. Tell us about TLC and uh, and tell us about the song Waterfalls that we're going to hear. Yeah, I also was like crazy over TLC <laughs> as, a, as a teenage boy in the 90s. Uh, but, you know, T-Boz, Left Eye, Chili, they were really not only one of the biggest R&B groups, but like one of the biggest acts, period, of the 90s. And you know the the song Waterfalls is is arguably their their biggest and most enduring song, and it's it's a classic. And and you know Waterfalls is a, is a song that uh, touch touches on so many topics, right? They talk about uh, the HIV/AIDS epidemic. You know, it's a song warning young people about you know the pitfalls of like being in the streets. It's a heavy song, and it actually looking back at it and listening to it, it's surprising how big of a hit. It was <laughs> so you yeah. people do this this song now at karaoke and it's like, oh, are you listening to the lyrics? Like what, <laughs> I what know, the song they rap is actually it about in this in this like wildly sing alongable chorus that you d- might not even realize what they're singing. Yeah. Let's listen to it. TLC Waterfalls on World Cafe.
For Black History Month here on World Cafe, every week we're looking at a different decade in R&B music with World Cafe correspondent John Morrison. I'm Raina Duris, and you just heard TLC Waterfalls because we're in the 90s. And uh, we've talked about some of the groups, we've talked about some of the solo acts, but there was a lesser-known movement of musicians in the 90s who were looking to uh, the past and putting their own spin on R&B. What can you tell us about neo-soul? Yeah, Neil Soul is interesting. I don't think that anybody who's uh, any musicians who have actually been labeled Neil Soul actually like <laughs> that label. Really? I think, you know, I, I feel like musicians just prefer to be, you know, re- referred to as soul musicians, R&B, whatever. Uh, but the phrase was actually coined by a guy named Kedar Massenberg, who's a record exec who runs Motown now. And, you know, it's like any genre label. It's pretty broad, you know, and it's it's generally used to categorize a wide range of artists who pull influence from the 60s and the 70s. So when folks say neo-soul, they're generally talking about folks like Erica Badu, Maxwell, Jill Scott, Music Soul Child, musicians like that. I know that uh, D'Angelo is huge in the neo-soul movement. Um, you've brought his song Cruise in. Tell us about it. Cruisin' is is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's from uh, D'Angelo's 1995 debut album, Brown Sugar. And it's actually a cover. Uh, The song was originally written and performed by Smokey Robinson. And it's gorgeous. You know, there's this uh, big, beautiful orchestral arrangement. D'Angelo's voice is like silk. You know what I mean? And it it, listening to it, it's kind of shocking to think that... uh, D'Angelo came out so young as a, a fully formed songwriter, but also as an amazing interpreter of other people's songs, which is not easy to do. Here is Cruisin' from D'Angelo. This is World Cafe. Baby, let's cruise from here. talking about 90s R&B today as we go through the decades of R&B for Black History Month with John Morrison here on World Cafe. I'm Rena Duris. And, uh, you know, I, maybe maybe it's just me and when I grew up, but like the 90s in R&B feels like it still feels very current when I listen to 90s R&B. But that could just be because of my age. I'm not sure. What is the legacy of 90s R&B? How does it continue to influence the music that we hear today? Yeah, no, I, I think... Uh you're right on point. Like not only does uh, 90s R&B 
sonically and aesthetically uh, influence a lot of contemporary artists, a lot of those songs uh, from back then are still being played today, right? You have like 90s R&B club nights, DJs are playing uh, these records all around the country. Uh, a lot of these old songs blow up today as like TikTok songs and sounds that people use on Instagram. Uh, you know, in my experience, like younger millennials and Gen Z folks in particular love 90s R&B, <laughs> which is clearly like a Gen X music, uh, which in turn samples boomer music <laughs> from right. the 60s and 70s. So it's, it's funny and it's cool because uh, a lot of this music still creates uh, or is creating this long uh, cross-generational conversation. Yeah, it's all connected. You can like follow the thread all the way to the beginning. Yeah. Next week, we're going to listen to uh, what's being made kind of now, or at least in the new millennium. We're going to try to get about 23 years packed into <laughs> our next segment when we go talk about the 2000s in R&B. John, I'll see you next week. See you next week, Raina. John Morrison is a podcast host and the host of Culture Cipher Radio on WXPN in Philadelphia, where we make World Cafe. He joins me every month for the Culture Corner. And this month, he's here every week to talk about the history of R&B through the decades. I'm Raina Duras, back in a moment with more World Cafe.